You're listening to the Leaders of the Future podcast, where we believe the leaders of the future are the students of today. Welcome to episode five called Explaining Leadership, where we interview our good friend and leadership expert, Scott Wilson, and talk about the subject of what type of leadership is needed today. We hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Leaders of the Future podcast. My name is Joel Bagnall from Lift Leaders. I am joined, as usual, by my friend, Julian Clark from the 19 Project. How are you today, Julian? I am good. Thank you, Joel. Great are to you, be with you again. Are you well? I am well. Thank you. Yes. Oh, wonderful. That is good. <laughs> We've got a special guest with us today, don't we, Julian? We do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say. Yeah. You can, inter- yeah, you can I, introduce I, him. Well, I don't want you to lie. That's for sure. So, <laughs> um, I'll, 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 uh, I'll introduce him today because we have a uh, unique uh, connection. And uh, I'll start by asking our guest, uh, Viren Hardede. Oh, I'm going great. Thanks, mate. But don't expect me to answer you in Danish. <laughs> but we're joined today by my, oh, our good friend, uh, Scott Wilson. And um, I'm sure there might be many of you listening to this who know who Scott Wilson is. But if, if you don't, uh, I'll give you a little bit of context. Um, uh, I'm speaking Danish to him because, like me, Scott is uh, an Australian with connections to New Zealand. Uh, you were born in Australia, weren't you? No, I was born in New Zealand, but like every other Australian, we moved there and became Australian. That's, that's what we like to hear. And you're based in uh, Denmark at the moment. And Scott has a rich heritage of leadership work in Australia, uh, in, in some many churches there and through running Harvest College and uh, has spent his last few years living in Denmark, but really uh, ministering and serving and uh, equipping leadership in churches all over Europe. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Scott. Is there, is there anything important that I missed there that you think it would be good for people to know? Uh, no, Joel, I think you said it all, except it's not last few years. It's now 25 years okay. in Denmark. So this is the uh, longest I've lived in any country. I've lived in three. And this is the longest. Isn't that amazing? It goes so fast. That is that is amazing. 25 years. Just think what yeah. I was doing 25 years ago. Well, I am your future in that way. Um, this is the tragedy <laughs> of it. <laughs> so, uh, Julian, what yes. were you doing 25 years ago? 25 years ago, um, that was 1995. I was. I just got married. I've been married a year. There you so go. There you go. I had just moved to the beautiful northeast of England, got married, and well, the rest is history. The rest is a very <laughs> never short left history. <laughs> <laughs> so, Julian, uh, we like to um, get to know our guests a little bit better and help people get to know our guests a little bit better by doing some quick fire questions. What yep. do you have for Scott today? Come on then, Scott. These are these are the life-altering questions that I'm going to ask you now. Okay, just to, to throw them out to you. They're just some either-or kind of questions. So, are you ready? Yep, ready to go. Um, fish or chips? Fish. Uh, would you rather be vegan or gluten-free? <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a good one. I'd rather I'd rather die. Gluten-free. <laughs> um. Ballet or synchronized swimming? 
which I'd just love to see you do either. But anyway. we, we picked They're questions. Both, both as bad as each other. So, <laughs> no. No, no <laughs> choice. <laughs> the answer is just no. <laughs> <laughs> this is going well. Um, Donald Trump or Boris Johnson? Oh, okay. I'll go Trump, Pumpy Trumpy. Pumpy Trumpy. <laughs> uh, Denmark or Australia? <gasps> Australia. Hey, there you go. You see, that that was it. That's just half a dozen questions, very quick. Um, it's like ripping uh, a Band-Aid off, really. It is, yes. <laughs> and they're not the normal questions. That's obviously not what we're talking about. We like we like to talk about leadership, but it's just a bit of fun at the start. Yeah, yeah. Really, all of, all of the questions were subservient to that last one, Denmark or <laughs> Australia. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in, in all seriousness, we, we've got Scott on here today because he... Um, is a, a brilliant leadership thinker. He's an author. Mm -hmm. He's authored many books and has helped many, many churches, uh, especially, like you said, in recent times, the last 25 years throughout Europe, churches uh, from uh, probably the smallest to the largest. And um, we just really uh, love to get your thoughts on leadership. And we have got some questions for you today. And last, last episode, uh, we took on the task of trying to explain and define leadership. Um, and my, my thoughts on this, Julian was reluctant to define leadership because he wanted to go deep. Uh, and for me, I brought up the, uh, dichotomy of leadership that it's, it's, it's simple to identify, but hard to apply. And so we wanted to get your thoughts on, um, how would you define leadership? Yeah, good question. And you get asked a lot. I think there's about 21, if I remember rightly from my studies, uh, different takes on what leadership is right through from the idea of the integrity of the person who's leading through to the functional task setting of a leader. My one, my take on it is very simple. It's three words, but they do, do need to be a little defined. It would be the ability to articulate vision, then attract followers to that vision and then manage the two things above. Meaning you've got to know where you're going and why you want to go there. Then that would say that people want are attracted to that and would follow you. There's no such thing as leadership without followers. That's just a good walk gone wrong or a game of golf. <laughs> so game of golf. You, have, you have to have people in track. It doesn't matter how many, it, and it doesn't matter too much about the size. It's about what they partake of and imbibe in the vision itself. And then the ability to manage the two above is very important because a lot of leaders can articulate a vision, but they don't look after it or get a number of followers, but they don't care for the followers. You've got to have that in mind as well. So that for me is vision, followers, and management actually is, is the three words uh, you might use. That's, that's fantastic. Now, you've actually, you actually have done a lot of study on this, I believe. Uh, is it a, a PhD you have in, in leadership? Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Bruno Knutson, once said that that just means permanent head damage. Um, but you did a PhD in, in leadership. So you, you've obviously studied this and seen this a lot, but I'm, I'm curious to know, uh, what, what's the best display of leadership that you've personally seen in your time sort of dealing with this area? Yeah, great. There's probably a, a lot if I had more time to reflect on that one, but <clears throat> something that grabbed me very strongly in watching uh, this while being in Europe and there's many of them, so, but I just picked this one, was how Paul Scanlon, now known as Life Church in Bradford, 
went into a city that culturally and contextually just did not fit the type of church he was going to build. And sort of out of, if you've ever been there, out of that um, cultural context, uh, an edifice to God's glory, and in my way of looking at it, rose, arose the life church, which is now led by his daughter and son-in-law. And I don't know, Paul took a, a church there and, and transitioned it and then built a church out of it. It is worth the visit, especially when Paul was there. It's even, even more so now. It's worth the visit to see what they've done there, the detail, the way they do things, and what they did. Sitting where that church is, the church building itself, above it is a great mosque. So the mosque looks down on the church. And in that middle of a very uh, strong Muslim uh, cultural context and also very poverty very poor area actually um maybe not so much now but certainly when he started this church has risen to influence the globe and to me that was a i was i was shocked by how amazing uh, that church was and what it's doing but you've got to read it in its context mm. so love to hear that that's that's great no i i would echo that as well because i our church here has had very close links with Life Church on their journey, um, and we were definitely inspired by his crossing over from yeah. old style of church to kind of newer style, and then yeah. what, what he's done in being able to kind of move away from pastoring and hand that over um, to, like you say, his, his daughter and son-in-law and the team there, and they've continued to build. They've continued yeah. to take yeah. the church forward. Um, True. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, th th these podcasts, Scott, are geared towards with leaders of the future. That's what the podcasts are called. So they are geared towards younger leaders. Um, and so I'd be interested to ask the question, is there one key thing that kind of bit of advice or wisdom that you'd want to share with a young leader who perhaps is starting out on the leadership journey or has aspirations to be a leader? Yeah, great question. There's a lot around that, though, Julian, to to pick on there. I would say, though, the one thing I would really, um, that stands out to me, is that a young leader must project their thought and their, their decisions and the way they operate to, to when they reach 75. That will help them make good decisions when they're younger. If they're looking way beyond that, otherwise you're making what I call 10, 10, 10 decisions, 10-minute decisions, 10 10-month decisions, but you really are thinking 10-year decisions. Mm. Sometimes we make as leaders a 10-minute decision, but we don't calculate the 10-year mm. role of that decision. And in the inspiration of youth and what we see and, and how we're... For example, I'll give you a classic example. You can have a leader, doesn't matter who it is and what age, can, go, can be heading in a certain direction, go to one conference and be cathartically inspired mm. in that moment, which is wonderful, make a 10 minute decision that affects the next 10 years and they really should have thought about it more. So to me, I think you've got to look, we would call it finishing well or finishing right, um, getting to the end. I think the issue of being a good leader now is nothing compared to ending well. Mm. So um, I'd rather be a lesser known leader that ends well than a very high profile leader that during their journey just collapses and loses the plot, so to speak. So to yeah. young leaders, my encouragement is look a long way ahead. I've been in this, let's call it game, <laughs> in this game good 45 years, and I've seen them come and seen them go. And I've seen in my own life the challenges you have to face. And even today, um, even as you're winding back a bit, you've got to keep looking ahead to what 
to just finishing well. That's that's what I would encourage them to do. There's a lot of other things I would say, but that would be one of the most important. Do you think that's one of the biggest challenges for the, the youngest generation? That, that idea of longevity, really, is what you're talking about there, isn't it? That's right. That's that they exactly do right, just yeah. kind of have a tendency, and maybe we'll get some complaints when I say this, to live in the moment yeah. um, or want to be you know, known in that sense and, and be seen. Um, yeah. Is that why you would, you would say that's the difference? You've got to look at that differently. Yeah, I mean, those things are good, and sometimes they're good drives to have that, in your life I did when I was a younger leader and but it's managing those drives actually for long-term longevity which is important um, I think also one of the thing that's very interesting to me is the idea of what we would call normally the call of God to to lifetime service has changed you're finding people I find young men and women who say I'm called of God but it's for a period and then they're out back in secular work and doing other things which is fine I'm not arguing that that's right or wrong. But when I was started out on this life journey, the call of God was much more about the rest of your life, that you would serve God from that moment right through to the end. And it seems like now there's lots of options for younger leaders, the in and out mode, and I'll do this for a little while. And I think we really have to get back to articulating what it means to be called of God because it's lost that uh, edge to it. Called of God to fivefold ministry gifting, not mm. just called of God to serve somewhere, be a, a good steward and all of that. Is it? And, and even in the secular workplace, it's all a call of God there. But we need to redefine the call of God to fivefold ministry, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, and revisit that with the younger generation so they understand what that actually means. That's what I, That was my bread and butter when I was in my 17, 18, 19-year-old, and it affected how you made the decisions and what you did with your life. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, I was just—I was kind of engrossed there. I was just listening <laughs> to what you were saying. Um, but no, I think for any young leader, that—that's the stuff to pick pick up on and and grab a hold of, and actually ask their leaders to be to help them understand that and go back to them and say, "Hey, do you know what? I need to know about this because again, it doesn't natural. I think it doesn't naturally come to us all the time to think that's what young leaders need to know." But if young leaders are listening to that, please go and, you know, hassle your own leaders and say, come on, teach me about the fivefold ministry. Help me understand this long journey that I've committed myself to. I want to be, you know, I'm not just called for a moment, but I'm called for a lifetime um, and help me unpack it. No, that's amazing. On, uh, on that, just let me throw in yeah. the idea just quickly that in the, in the generation that exists now, you can do these little tests, you know, these computer tests to find out if you're a fivefold ministry, gift, or whatever it might be. Listen throw that stuff away that's complete and utter nonsense it doesn't work like that and it never has and the idea that i sat down and did a computer test and uh, actually now we're all apostles and all that type of thinking and we're all prophets which is floating around through some theorists and and they are theorists actually academics it's just nonsense that's not these younger people have to get into what scripture says about that Look at how the Old Testament linked to the new and you're right. Talk to good advisors about how that works. Don't do a computer test. It'll tell you nothing. Cool. Gonna, not, you, you said that, not me. Um, anyway. Julian, stop doing computer tests. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, damn. I was looking forward to that. I'm sure I'm, I'm, sure I'm an apostle. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm an, I did the computer test and I'm an apostle with the gift of martyrdom. 
and celibacy, <laughs> the only gift you can never use, and martyrdom, the only gift you can use once. <laughs> <laughs> so big, big question here. What type of leadership would you say is needed today? Yeah, this is a really important one. I get this asked, obviously asked a lot, and it is changing. And I think the reason it is changing is that the single leadership model has something we had 30 years ago that was very strong and very much about how it worked. It's, you might say in the American culture, it's still a lot stronger there than say in Europe, um, is, is waning a little. I think people's expectations of how leadership worked too through the political scene and others is, is changing. So definitely we have to re-examine some things here. But let me, let me preface this answer with this point, that some years ago research was done by to empirical research, that is a scientific platform to build up a case for a certain style of leadership. So what these guys did, they took 10 styles right through from very strong um, democratic or, or, you know, uh, yeah, we'll use the democratic picture where everybody's involved, consensus we might say, right through to what we call benevolent dictator, which means the person is a demand compound command guy, but he's caring for his people. They took those that wide view and they started to research thousands and thousands of people to find out. And the obvious thing is to write the book that says, this is the one proven form of leadership. If you learn to do this, you'll win every time. It's what people want. You'll never find that book. It never got written. And I'll tell you why. They could not prove it. This is what they discovered from the followers of those styles out of 10. The followers basically said, we want consistent leadership, not this flippy floppy changing leadership. So we don't care if we have a benevolent dictator, as long as they're consistent in the style. We don't care if it's consensus, as long as they're consistent in the style, because then we know how to work. We know how to get our jobs done. We know how to answer the boss. We know what he's expecting. But if you have a boss that keeps flipping and flopping around, oh, I'm now consensus, oh, now I'm a benevolent dictator, they can't, they can't function. They don't know what the day will bring when that boss walks in, so or the leader walks in. So what we've discovered is consistency, consistency of leadership style is equally as important as the model you choose to use. And if you start, if I'm leading a group of people for 10 years and then I have a revelation, you might say, or some such thing, and I change completely, I'm going to lose my team, a good portion of them, because that's not what they signed up for. So that I think that's an important uh, issue and one that, deserves a little more um, thought because consistency of style becomes important. But, but on that one, with, with that, uh, I think when it comes to how you look at leadership today in this modern world, there's three things that have to be taken into account. The first one is personality of the leader themselves, who that person is. The second is the context you're working in. That frames a lot of things. And the third is the content, what you're trying to do or say. So for me to say, if you lived in a country town in Germany or, or UK, um, this is the style you must adapt. I'm taking out of that picture, personality, context, and content. And you can't do that. You have to, that, you, Julian, me, Joel, and the people listening, we're all a personality. We've got our certain type about us. That is, that is who we are. And many times followers are attracted for that or distracted by that. But it is who we are, and we build our leadership style around that. So therefore, what we do need to define is not a style, but a practice, what I call leadership practice. 
or it comes under the banner of leadership theory, actually, but leadership practice. And I'll get into that in a moment if we if we get time. But certainly the idea that there is one certain style that must be adopted globally, as you know, cannot work. So who am, who am I dealing with the personality? And that's why as a leadership guy who works with leaders, I often ask questions about the background of the person I'm working with, where they came from, who they were trained by, who they're mentored by, what their education is, how they understand, because I'm finding out the personality of that leader, who they really are, um, even to the point of who they chose to marry, actually, whether it be male or female, who their spouse is, because many times the spouse is a part of that deal, as you know, and mm. very much a part mm. of that deal. So it's important we understand why that personality. The second is, the context, it's different from a smaller urban setting to maybe a larger city centre, uh, a university town, for example, where you do have lots of um, uh, students who are more imbibing and understanding this thing differently than yeah. some people in an old classical setting. And then what's your content? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to say? Where are you going? sets the framework because if I am pastoring an older church of a hundred and a village community and I know I'll be able to get that up to 200 but the village size and the context won't allow it to be much bigger then it's going to change how I lead so I don't think there is a single answer so that's why I would answer it not with here's what you you do but rather here is a practice that could help anywhere you are and anyone you are and anything you're trying to do. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we were just nodding away there. Yeah. yeah. Um, listening to that. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, should have brought my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> but we, have, we could listen to this, Joel. Yeah. You have, I hope you recorded it, Joel. So I want to say we're running out of time, but I am, you know, kind of mindful of that but so i mean great thoughts and I, I love it and i could listen to you talking for a long time but um and i appreciate your kind of insight and wisdom obviously your experience over the years that you've been doing this that you've been able to kind of share um as we've been talking um but one one final question uh, do you have a favorite leadership book <laughs> oh that's a great question actually um i do but it's a textbook and not many people would want to read it. It's, culture, it's called Culture and Organizations by, um, oh, the name just eludes me, but it's a big, thick 360, but it's a textbook that's upgraded every year for master's degree students. And I, I love that book, but it's hard to work through, but there's some stuff in there uh, that is just, I'm an organizational guy, um, which is different to a, to a, to a more org, organism person organism is more about the feel and the atmosphere and the way uh, things organically grow organic is a better word organization is how things are structured fit together and work so i like to look culture is very organic but it's put in an organization which is very structured so you've got these two things working together at the same time yeah. And it's because I'm organizational, I want to know how culture works within that setting. You've got to have structure. You've got to have form. Yeah. I mean, every Sunday we go to church, the chairs are all laid out. That's called organization. Somebody's at the door welcoming. That's called organization. But the feel and, and atmosphere you get when you're in that meeting, 
that's the organic side of what we do. Mm. Now, I believe most of the guys I work with are very good at the organic, sometimes not so good at the organization and vice versa, I might add. Um, but um, I think that side of it is very important. By the way, just for those listeners who might be wondering what is the functional practice a leader could follow, look up, Google the words path, goal, theory, and you'll discover what I think is a great way of leading in this modern world based on your personality, context, and your um, uh, um, content, what you're trying to say. Yes, sorry. So path goal theory. That is, you set the goal, and the person goes on the path, and then you help them on that journey, either by coaching or leadership or whatever it might be. Thanks for listening today. We hope that this has been a helpful resource for you that inspires and empowers you on your leadership journey. And if you want to stay up to date with what's happening, you can subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And also check us out on social media, Lift Leaders and The 19 Project. And also check out liftleaders.com and the19project.com. Thanks again for listening. And until we can be together again, God bless.